Flying into the wind is a tried and true way to get off the ground more quickly. But there are times when taking off is just not a good idea. The crosswinds are too strong for you, the pilot, or the aircraft's limitations. The runway too short, the visibility too poor, the load too heavy, the density altitude too high. And these are times we calculate the risks and ultimately decide it could be better and wiser to stay grounded and watch the weather pass. I feel like we have spent 16 months watching the weather pass, calculating and recalculating risk. And then the weather passes, the winds calm, the day clears. And have I forgotten how to fly? It's entirely possible. What does this have to do with being brave and bold? Well, everything. This is where we play and the real work shows up, where we practice what we practice. I'm Sylvia Winter. This is episode 39 of the When Women Fly podcast. Welcome to the summer series. We have shorter episodes, a combination of guest highlights, and deeper examination into recurrent and timely themes. As always, you will hear stories, conversations, and practical advice about flying, the sense of flying, and what it means to defy the laws of familiar, persistent, and somewhat limiting laws of gravity. Today is my six-month check-in with you, your When Women Fly fireside chat hanger talk. A couple thoughts, enduring questions, the inside scoop about what to expect over the summer. Before we dive in, we have nearly 40 episodes in the archives of When Women Fly, and if you have been along for the ride from the beginning, wow, my deepest gratitude, and I would love to hear what has worked and what you want to hear more of. If you have missed any episodes in full or portion, no problem. We have all past episodes on the website, When Women Fly, and your favorite podcast platform. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. We are better together and there is so much to talk about. So welcome aboard. Definitely take a minute this summer to dig into the archives. We have some gems. I'm always happy to make personalized custom playlists or make suggestions. Just send an email to hello at whenwomenfly.com. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your interests. I believe that bringing the space to dream into people's lives by telling real stories of women who capture and harness the unimaginable clears the skies and is an affirmation to us all. What I know to be true is that passion for life is contagious. Is the reverse possible? Sure. Is apathy as contagious as passion? I'm afraid it might be. In 2008, the Collins English Dictionary included for the first time the three-letter word meh, spelled M-E-H. Meh was defined as an expression of indifference or boredom, expressing a lack of interest or enthusiasm, as in, hey, how was your day? To which you might reply, meh, it was okay, I guess. You might shrug your shoulders when you say this. Meh is ambivalent and there's no doubt in my mind that there are lulls in life during which this rather unachieving grunt word is just the most enthusiasm we can muster. Life won't always be a, yes, I'm in. And it's important to acknowledge that and that's okay. But I also wonder if the broad acceptance of meh isn't an unfortunate submission to that which is unextraordinary and mediocre. It feels to me like a great big collective sigh of boredom that's inconsistent with bigger dreams and higher hopes for ourselves and others. My intention is to amplify the voices of women who show us how to free ourselves from the self-imposed limitations that are keeping us from having big dreams, reaching for them, and having the resilience to move beyond the setbacks. 
let's talk about what this means. After a year and a half of what can be called a lot of things, but one that we have all experienced is stasis. Now, I feel like we've woken up and in the change, we have the opportunity to create new patterns and new perspectives. You're not alone if you've woken up and found that you've been settling or realizing that you're ambivalent about your default options right now and hungry for something that makes you feel more alive, something into which you can sink your teeth and be bold about. Meh might well be an honest response for life right now. And for many, it might perfectly express how we're feeling after months of a pandemic that has sometimes felt like it will never end. And I'm wondering if perhaps the best way to get beyond meh is to remember again what it felt like to fly and go do something that is not only unleashed, but bigger and bolder than you've done for a while. Maybe it's time to stop waiting and stop settling, start collaborating and start doing the thing you couldn't do when the crosswinds were too strong and the runway too short for takeoff. Okay, let's talk about the inside scoop for the summer series. As part of my personal quest towards slowing down and having a meaningful pace of life, The pandemic's forced slowdown was, to be honest, important and a catalyst for change and creativity. Creativity requires the tension. Tension can be a limited time, resources, skills, access, ability, but it requires a pressure. Just like for air to move, there needs to be a delta from high to low, some difference, some tension. During COVID, the pressure of time changed, work changed, roles changed, the season changed, but There was no punctuation in the seasons. And so for me, I had not structured my life in a seasonal framework. It was just a, hell yeah, let's go and keep going. But herein lies the disjunct. Of course we need to live seasonally. I can't even pose it as a question. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to adopt a seasonal mindset recently. Our lives are cyclical, so why not think of work that way? It links in so perfectly to slowing down and recognizing priorities being in the moment and connecting with nature, setting goals and simply pacing ourselves physically and emotionally. If we let it, everything is more considered and sustainable if we learn and grow from each season. It was natural and even necessary then that I changed things up for the summer. As we keep learning together, you can expect two types of episodes in the summer series of the When Women Fly podcast. Alternating between four episodes I have lined up with recurrent topics, and four episodes that highlight previous guests. Overall, we have eight more weeks in the summer series, and we'll resume with a knockout lineup of interviews in September for Drumroll Season 2. The art of flying is overcoming the lure of passivity. So let's keep attentive, moving, and learning together. Let's live the antidote of meh. Let's live the hell yeah. It's a mindset and a set of behaviors and conditions that we can solve for. I am going to wrap up with an excerpt from a book that sits on my nightstand by Diane Ackerman titled On Extended Wings. You have been at this moment before and maybe you are here now, although it will look differently for you, but it's about learning something new and the challenges, the way you approach the hard things. So she is literally learning to fly. And specifically here, she is learning how to land, which is tricky and nuanced and subject to infinite variables. I share this because it is relatable and relevant. It's not a conclusion, but a reflection. 
and if anything, asks more questions. It is about how we do, quote unquote, the hard things when you are right in the middle of it. Do you feel this now? I do. We are all learning to navigate and land gracefully and consistently. Diane, in this excerpt, has just botched a landing, and her instructor, who is a bit brash, has seized the controls to correct and avoid a dangerous situation. Miserable landing, my instructor says. They are all miserable, miserable in ways complex and hopeless. At the last moment, it is so easy to abdicate control, to give life over to someone else, just to freeze your eyes and let the ground rise up. Why is that? Why is it so tempting to let go just at the moment it becomes most a question of finesse, but also most fixed and most settled? It's always easier to leave things as they are until you crash into the ground than improvise hair by hair the way to glide in like a wing, thanks to the tiny increments of decisions. Postmortem after our flight lasts two hours, dusk had fallen, and with it rain and poor visibility in which no student pilot flies. And I leave the airport again in boiling defeat, nerves raw, feeling that I've been judged and found wanting. I've never flown so badly. At home, I pour a drink and sit on the sofa and start to cry. Nerves all a jumble, I lie awake most of the night, hurt, angry, and full of dread, and positive for the first time that I will never learn to fly, cannot learn, and are only capable of failure. This is not necessarily destined to be a success story. I know only too well, but a sortie into the lure of flight and what it teaches. It's entirely possible, despite my ardor, that I can't learn to fly, have no gift for it, will have to throw in the towel and somehow make peace with that disappointment. Not every goal is reachable after all, though some of us only discover that when we are swamped at mid-rapids, having set out with a confidence as buoyant as a bark canoe. Diane Ackerman learns to fly. Of course she does. So just know that what you are doing now that feels hard and is hard will have subsequent chapters. And this is where your agency lies. Thank you for listening to the When Women Fly podcast. If you are not yet on our mailing list, head over to the website and sign up. I am revamping our format, incorporating listener feedback, and I'm so excited to roll out our season two in September. Meanwhile, enjoy the summer series. Believe in the transformative power of story. Just share an episode and you will have amplified a story that just might spark a pivotal moment for someone. Give us some feedback and review. This helps spread the word and grow what you have come to listen to here, a celebration of women and the spirit of flight. So let's keep learning together. Be bold, be brave, and fly. I'll see you next time.